Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to a new year. Are you all excited? I hope so. We've moved through another cycle of our liturgical year. And so we have arrived today with all of us here to a new church year. Remember, as Christians, time is oriented a bit differently. We orient our lives, including time, around one person, and that is Jesus. So our year begins with the anticipation of his birth. The world orients time in one way. We, as Christians, another way, and not according to the workings of the world. So in the wisdom of the church, she decided that the start of a new year would happen in anticipation of the greatest gift ever given to the world, our Emmanuel. Thus, Advent was born. And so begins our season of waiting, anticipating, and hoping of staying awake, as our gospel reminds us this morning, of being alert, of knowing that we are entering into the greatest story that's ever been told. And with four weeks, we are given time to think about what it means to anticipate the birth of Jesus, not to anticipate Christmas, but anticipate the birth of Jesus. And it is also the time that we move out of darkness and into the light. With all this movement, it only seems right that we too have moved into a different gospel. Sermons will sound a little bit different because we are no longer in the gospel of Matthew, but we have moved into Mark, who is fast and succinct and straight to the point when he speaks of Jesus. And today, we come at the end of the Gospel of Mark to what is known as the little apocalypse. So if the Gospel reading this morning sounded a bit like Revelation, you should maybe get those or that sense. This is what's known as the little revelation or the little apocalypse. Many people think of apocalyptic passages like today's as as gospel in that Jesus is predicting the end of the world. And at first hearing, it would be easy to see that or to hear that. But I'd like to propose something instead. What if instead... We were to see these writings not as something out there, something far away, something ominous and foreboding, 
but instead something very real and present right now. Something that is amongst us, that's meant for us today. And making it a bit more real and personal, maybe to see this passage as a way to see the people and situations around us as gifts of God that we as his people are called to love and to care for. Not as the people we are trying to be or have promised to be or so badly want to be, but instead the people we just are the families we are, the congregation we are, the communities that we are, the nation and world that we are. Is there room for improvement in all of this? Of course. But I think the best way to create energy to change is to offer the powerful word of blessing that who we are just now is however imperfect, still very beloved of God. And for me, this means recognizing where God is still entering into each of our lives. That in fact, God does come to us as we are and where we are, exactly where we are. And what does he want us to do? And I think Advent reminds us so poignantly of this, is he wants us to move towards the light. He wants us to move from darkness, the darkness that sometimes just has a way of taking over. He is beckoning us, come to the light. So today we begin our church year by looking ahead to the promise of Jesus' second coming. And it is by our gospel writer Mark who helps us to recognize that Jesus comes into our lives in so many different ways. But the one thing is true about that time about that hour and about that day, no one knows. So he is telling us, stay alert, be awake, and be present to what is. And perhaps more than any of the other gospel writers, Mark offers a distinctly apocalyptic view of not only Jesus, but of the Christian life. Remember, it's not apocalyptic in that it's the end of the world, but rather in the sense of pulling back the curtain, pulling back the veil of false hopes to reveal what is actually happening. And it is this, it is God's commitment to enter into and redeem our lives and the world just as they are. So I'll ask this morning, what would it look like 
And what would it be like to look at those around you in your home, next to you in the pew, those that you do life with day in and day out, where you work, where you go to school, those neighbors you encounter on the street, those neighbors who are a little bit closer to you, those neighbors you call family. And what if you were able to see them with the eyes of Jesus, which always lead with empathy and compassion? giving them the benefit of the doubt, recognizing, you know what, we're all doing the best that we can. Seeing others, our neighbors, imperfect as we are, and they are, are nevertheless meant to be loved and treasured just as God loves and treasures you. We are people, God's people, who should be in a continual state of Advent, being watchful and hopeful. But I also think that our gospel reminds us to be as watchful and attentive to what God has already brought to us. It's not something out there that's going to make us happy. It's what he has given to us already that is already in our midst, that has the power to do that. And this is where it truly hits home for me, and where this gospel, even apocalyptic writings on the first Sunday of Advent enter in, and where it hits me like a ton of bricks. Caring for and nurturing those right in front of me, being aware and alert to what is, rather than taking them for granted, rather than being complacent, or just plain apathetic towards what has already been gifted to us. That, my friends, is what the gospel writer Mark is talking about. That is what it means to be alert. Because being alert is a spiritual stance. It takes discipline. When we're alert, we see things and notice things that we wouldn't otherwise. And if we live spiritually alert, waiting for Christ to come, and then we enter in, how much better might we see him when he actually enters the space that we inhabit. We can see him better when we Eucharist, or most simply, when he walks by us on the street. Well, yesterday was an interesting day for me it was church all day long, just in a different setting. A good portion of my day was spent right next door at the rectory, another name for 
the house next door to Grace, usually where the priest lives, not me, but priests in the past have lived there. Our renters had recently left, and so we're in the process of getting things fixed and in order for whoever God sends to us next. And if you haven't been around here very long at Grace, I have a little saying that I like to say, nothing is ever easy at Grace. And that proved very true yesterday. What was supposed to be a relatively easy fix, or so we thought, turned into a much longer, drawn-out ordeal. So suffice to say, plumbing was the issue, which we have a lot of around here. I don't know why, but we do. And stopped up pipes so full of years and years of bacon grease that had actually become petrified into a rock that lined our pipes. Can you imagine? Rock hard in our pipes, which of course, was stopping the plumbing up. Makes sense, right? There's no way to fix this except by digging up the front yard and taking the pipes apart to remove the rock-hard bacon grease. This was done by a plumber and a builder, patiently working, figuring things out, being present to what was, allowing me and my senior warden to be in awe of others and what they know how to do. The gifts and the knowledge that I certainly don't possess. All the while having sacred conversations, sharing about faith while fixing a plumbing problem, which in a crazy way brought Jesus to me in such a real way, in a beautiful way. These two men solved a problem that has plagued our rectory for years, I know as long as I have been here. And I can't tell you and this is the thing that priests get excited about, but I can't tell you the joy it brought to me when the problem was fixed. And as I thank the plumber, whose name is Jesse, an unassuming man, but a very good man, as I thanked him one last time for his work, he smiled, looked me in the eye, and said, you're welcome. And then, with a smile on his face, he said, Ma'am, you just might see me in church one day. <laughs> I was humbled. Being alert and present opened up conversation and allowed God to enter in in a ditch in front of our rectory next door. Being alert 
being awake. And so what I would say is in the flurry and in the midst of getting ready for Christmas, I do love Christmas so much, but we oftentimes get lost getting there, don't we? And the practice, the discipline, the spiritual stance of expectant waiting can easily exit the room to be replaced with all-out franticness. Crazy. So I will say, and I will repeat this again and again, Advent is not about preparing for Christmas. It's just not. It's preparing for the coming of Christ. Big difference. Big difference. We, dear people of grace, are meant to be Advent people, waiting and watching and hoping, being alert to God's presence, seeing where he's at work and entering in. Trusting that if you are in a dark place, you are going to be led to the light. But we also need to be attentive to the vulnerability and need of those around us. And our own needs. And how, this is a hard one for me, how to receive care from others. Not reject it, but receive it. For we know not the hour or the day when Jesus is coming again. But perhaps in this way, we will experience Jesus' coming and God's presence in our lives, even here, even now. And in this way, discover, share, and actually participate in Jesus' advent among us once again. Stay awake. Keep hoping. And trust the light will come. Amen. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever, granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every of God, which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. 
and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and those whom you love this day and always. Amen.